We don't know the impact of synthetic Pitocin and blocking our own natural oxytocin or that specific downregulation of the oxytocin receptors at the time of birth and immediately postpartum and how that wires our brain postpartum and how that changes our emotional state and our risk for postpartum depression and anxiety. Only oxytocin enhances the maternal infant bonding. And that's the reason that every mammalian species has survived for millions of years, because that bonding is innate and it's instinctual and it comes from having oxytocin. So we don't want to rob women of having oxytocin when they can have a better, happier, easier, safer birth. I'm Cynthia Overgaard, owner of Hypnobirthing of Connecticut, childbirth advocate, and postpartum support specialist. And I'm Trisha Ludwig, certified nurse midwife and international board-certified lactation consultant. And this is the Down to Birth Podcast. Childbirth is something we're made to do, but how do we have our safest and most satisfying experience in today's medical culture? Let's dispel the myths and get down to birth. Well, hello. Hello there, everyone. We have a fun thing to talk about today. Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive on Pitocin, also known as synthetic oxytocin, and may it never be known as, what, Trisha? Oxytocin. Oxytocin. All right, so first we want to talk about a little bit about Pitocin, giving you the history of Pitocin, and then we're going to share some of the comments you've made with us by interacting with us on Instagram and sharing your experiences with Pitocin. So just in starting, you may be familiar with Pitocin already because it is so widely administered in childbirth today. Pitocin was first FDA approved all the way back in the 1950s. And then in 1978, an FDA advisory board removed its approval for the elective induction of labor because of the side effects and the reactions that were occurring in many women. So think in terms of a woman saying, She just doesn't want to be pregnant any longer, and she wants to be induced, or a doctor saying, let's get this baby out of you already. You've gone long enough. That would fall under the elective induction of labor category. Pitocin has actually never been approved for speeding up labor. So think of all the women you know who have had Pitocin just to speed up labor, not FDA approved during those instances. Were they told, were they informed when they were presented with that option? And often it wasn't even presented as an option, no doubt. The doctor just said, we're going to be speeding up your labor now. We're going to give you Pitocin. We're going to move things along. So when that happens, that's said to be used off-label. That means the drug is FDA approved, but just not for those purposes that they're using it. Mm -hmm. A study was done in 2007 in the U.S. that showed a full 97% of the time Pitocin was administered in the U.S. It was, in fact, for off-label purposes. And I think this is interesting. The former president of the International Federation of OBGYNs and a renowned researcher in obstetrical intervention said, and this is his quote, Pitocin is the most abused drug in the world today. That's Dr. Roberto Caldria Barcia. And now it may go without saying, Tricia, but let's just say it. Pitocin at times is necessary Absolutely. and wise mm-hmm. and safe and appropriate. Well, it's always with risk. So safe is relative. That, you're right. Safe is relative. Sometimes it is the safer course of yes. action, though, depending on the circumstance. Yes. It's, we're happy to have right. it. Let's just like say that. Late-term preeclampsia, for example. Absolutely. Any situation where the risk of staying pregnant outweighs the risk 
of the Pitocin, Pitocin is beneficial. Preeclampsia would, would be one reason uh, for sure. Um, a true case of IUGR, intrauterine growth restriction, would be one. A true case of oligohydramnios, too low a fluid. Um, yeah, there are reasons. We don't need to go through and list them all. But certainly when the risk of remaining pregnant outweighs the risk of the Pitocin, you want to be induced. Right. And you grateful for Pitocin. And there would be evidence out there supporting those decisions. So you would know how to get away from the rhetoric, like your baby is getting too big or your pelvis looks small, and into where there is research on each situation. And mm -hmm. Trisha just listed several. There is a lot of evidence-based research out there for induction. So if you were looking into it, you could find that to support your decision. So the bottom line is Pitocin can be necessary, useful, even life-saving when used ethically and appropriately. Mm -hmm. The question isn't about whether Pitocin is good or bad. It's not even about whether it's right or wrong. It's really about choice and information. How, many, how come so many providers are using Pitocin freely today, these days, these years, for non-FDA-approved purposes, and are women being provided with informed consent? It's been time-tested. It has not been found to be safe enough for those purposes to be FDA-approved. Okay, I will say there are tons of drugs on the market that are used for non F are used off label, right? So we we take their drugs used all the time that are not FDA approved for the indication that you're using them for. But that to me isn't even the biggest point in all of this. The point in all of it is that women are not informed of the risks of Pitocin and we see a lot of we see a lot a lot of harm in administering Pitocin. Um, so FDA approved or not, because do we really trust the FDA anyway? <laughs> um, it's about being informed and it is an abused medication. Overused. Yep. So if you know women who've had Pitocin, ask them if they know why they had it. Ask them if their consent was provided, if they were given the option to decline. Of course, you have that right whether or not you're given that option. But ask them if they knew, if they were receiving it for elective induction, if they knew it was for non-FDA-approved purposes. And just because that happens all the time, it happens with Cytotech as well all the time, but that's known to be harmful. It doesn't make it right. But yes, there are serious known side effects of Pitocin. You can easily look them up on the FDA website. They're widely published, but they can include anaphylactic reactions, cardiac issues, hematomas, hemorrhages. We're not saying this to instill any kind of fear. We're saying this to educate you that Pitocin is no light, casual decision, and it is clearly being used as such, at least in the United States. It is a medical mandate that we receive full information on all tests, drugs, and procedures. This isn't a privilege. This is a law called voluntary informed consent. But the problem is it's not currently the practice or the culture to be offered or for us to expect informed consent. So this is why change has to happen with us because it is not going to happen at the hospital administration level. If you think you need Pitocin, you can request a low dose. You can use mind-body techniques to work with your body in opening and relaxing. You can say no. You can say yes and you can change your mind last minute. You can start getting Pitocin and then you can change your mind and say, I don't want this anymore. This doesn't feel good to me. Or you can accept it with gratitude when you know that you need it, when you believe that you need it. But always ask, what are the risks? What are the benefits? 
what are my alternatives? And declining is always an alternative. Remember, being informed is their obligation. Providing consent is your right. So what is Pitocin FDA approved for? Pitocin is FDA approved for the medical induction of labor and for postpartum hemorrhage. Hey there, all you amazing, strong, and beautiful women, especially you new moms and moms-to-be. I'm Taylor, co-founder and CEO of Vitality. And I'm Taylor's sister, Chloe, co-founder and chief design officer. We started Vitality to encourage and empower everyone to live a vibrant life. We're all about supporting women, especially on the journey to motherhood. When I was pregnant, I really struggled to find comfy leggings that I could wear all day, every day. So we set out to make the best maternity pants out there. We took those pain points and designed pieces that were supportive and comfortable, including details like a high-rise fit, underbelly seam, raw cut hems, and to top it off, we have an embedded silicone panel that acts like a built-in suspension system for your low back, which is the first of its kind. So we designed this line in our Marshmallow Soft Cloud 2 fabric in not only a maternity pant, but a volley and biker short as well. Let me tell you, all of these pieces are a game changer. Just go to shopvitality.com. And cherry on top, you guys can use code DOWNTOBIRTH at checkout to get 10% off your order. 10% off athleisure designed for pregnancy during pregnancy. Down to Birth is sponsored by Postpartum Soothe. Recovering from a vaginal birth takes many women by surprise. Everyday activities like sitting, walking, and going to the bathroom can be uncomfortable. And Postpartum Soothe is just the remedy to support your healing and relieve discomfort. Postpartum Soothe is a 100% organic herbal blend that's applied to maternity pads in the days immediately following your birth, giving you all the benefits of a sitz bath 24-7. That's because herbs like comfrey leaf, uva ursi, and witch hazel are known for their antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. Postpartum Soothe can be prepared anytime during the third trimester, and it makes a beautiful baby gift. It's a must for any woman seeking a faster, easier recovery from a vaginal birth. Visit postpartumsoothe.com. That's postpartumsoothe, S-O-O-T-H-E dot com, and use promo code DOWNTOBIRTH. Did you know that 97% of women take a prenatal vitamin, yet 95% of us are still deficient in key nutrients for pregnancy and postpartum? After a long time searching for the optimal prenatal nutrition product, we bring you Needed a radically better prenatal vitamin. Needed's nutritional products offer nutrients that your body can utilize with doses at optimal versus bare minimum levels and are available in capsules and an easy-to-take vanilla powder, perfect for those moms with pill fatigue or nausea. Needed is a woman-founded company offering a superior nutritional product lineup backed by research, data, and insights from nearly 4,000 women's health experts. Needed offers premium supplements for every stage, from egg quality support for women trying to conceive to lactation support for breastfeeding. And you know, Cynthia and I, we love their botanical sleep and relaxation support packets before bedtime. So if you are looking for a radically different prenatal, head on over to thisisneeded.com and enter down to birth for 20% off your first order. Do you know what's not included on that side effect list? or risk of Pitocin list. More uncomfortable exactly. labor, let's say. Pain, increased yep. pain. 
um, overstimulation of the uterus, contractions that are back-to-back contractions that don't have the normal ebb and flow and the rest in between. And one more comment before we get into what you said about Pitocin with us that we're going to share next. Pitocin should never be called oxytocin. It may sound like the word oxytocin. It was designed to sound like that. It is synthetic oxytocin, but it is a far cry from oxytocin. They both contract the uterus, but only oxytocin is liquid love. Only oxytocin crosses the blood-brain barrier and promotes a sense of well-being. Only oxytocin enhances the maternal-infant bonding, and that's the reason that every mammalian species has survived for millions of years, because that bonding is innate and it's instinctual, and it comes from having oxytocin. So we don't want to rob women of having oxytocin when they can have a better, happier, easier, safer birth. Oxytocin also comes in waves, like an ebb and a flow. It's like a dance in your body, whereas Pitocin is a continuous IV drip. Oxytocin comes with no risk. You can't get too much of it. And it also works as a natural anesthesia, which is kind of the opposite of what Pitocin feels like. Also, Pitocin actually um, impacts the number of oxytocin receptors in a woman's uterus. It down-regulates them or down-regulates them or reduces them to prevent the body from being hyperstimulated, to prevent the uterus from being hyperstimulated. So that this means that after a high amount of Pitocin infusion, the woman is actually at risk for higher bleeding after birth. And you saw right there in the FDA category of risks, hemorrhage is a risk. And that's probably the most common problem we see with the overuse of Pitocin. But that is because when you have a lot of Pitocin, your own oxytocin can't do its job because it has to down, your body down regulates the receptors, the receptor sites. And we still, we also still don't know the emotional effect. Somebody did ask about this on our page and we don't have a tremendous amount of research on this yet, but we don't know the impact of synthetic Pitocin and blocking our own natural oxytocin or that specific downregulation of the oxytocin receptors at the time of birth and immediately postpartum and how that wires our brain postpartum and how that changes our, uh, you know, emotional state and our risk for postpartum depression and anxiety. Yeah. And uh, to that point, if your provider tells you Pitocin doesn't cross the placenta, that is false. And either they know it's false or they don't know it's false. So I don't know which one is more forgivable because if they don't know it's false information, how come they're not reading about this in their free time like we are? A study was in fact done in 1996 by A. Malik, E. Bland, and D. R. Madison that was called Human Placental Transport of Oxytocin. And in there, they wrote that Pitocin can diffuse across the placenta and enter fetal circulation. This circulation into the placenta is dependent on many factors, such as maternal body weight, duration of Pitocin use, of course, how much is being administered and for how long. But if a provider tells you it can't cross the placenta, that is just not so. And, you know, as to calling Pitocin oxytocin, that is such a major pet peeve of mine. I was impressed and surprised by how many um, medical professionals responded to us on Instagram and said, oh, that drives me crazy in the hospital when they call it oxytocin because they're onto it because they know. But as I always like to say, the only way any provider can give you oxytocin is to love you, (laughs) to respect you, right? To give you space 
and freedom and kindness and intimacy. That's the only way you're going to get oxytocin. So may you have tons of oxytocin in your labor. And it's good that Pitocin is there as an option if you should need it. But when is it really being used appropriately and when is it not? That's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, the, the point is it's really overused. Yeah. Yeah, and we put that out on Instagram and said, tell us your stories about Pitocin. But before we do, we got a very nice message from a nurse who said, thank you so much for this information. I had no idea. I've never heard this. I've worked in the industry this long and never heard any of this. That's because one of the nurses wrote in that right there on the, on the IV bag of Pitocin, it actually says oxytocin, like it's completely mislabeled. Yeah, they actually have the nerve to call what? oxytocin on the yeah. bag. They wish. Nice try, <laughs> medics. You don't get to call that oxytocin. If only there were a bioidentical oxytocin, right? If only. <laughs> well, they tried and they've come as close as they can. But there was a nurse who contacted us who said, thank you for this information. I've worked for this many years in this industry. I've never heard this. May I ask where you got all of um, these side effects? Because I've never heard any of these. And there, I sent her the link. They're right on the FDA uh Pitocin page right on the FDA.gov website. It's one, one Google sentence away. It's out there. It's very it's easy to right find. there for the yep. taking. I can't tell you how many times I've taught nurses and that they contacted me after class to say, I had no idea about this side effect. And then there it is. Like they open the pharmaceutical insert and read it, or it's just right there available. We don't realize how easily rhetoric takes. Mm. There are things that rhetoric is just something that's said without any evidence in order to influence an audience, but it's just said over and over and over. And we don't realize the impact of that by just saying the same thing over and over, right? It's very true. Like Pitocin doesn't cross the blood brain barrier. Well, yes, it does. But <laughs> if you say that rhetoric enough, people will believe it. So let's talk about what came up on Instagram, Trisha. So we asked people to tell us about specifically their postpartum Pitocin story. Right. We were asking if they believed it was necessary. Because mm -hmm. there's the great debate about, you know, the active management of third stage and is the injection of postpartum at the time of birth or immediately postpartum necessary. And just one quick thing before you get into that, that Pitocin has been FDA approved for postpartum hemorrhage. And we know that postpartum hemorrhage does happen around 3% of the time. That's pretty much the consensus. All of the research comes in showing it happens between one and 6% of the time, but it's safe to say for all intents and purposes, let's say 3% of the time, but 57% of our followers on Instagram said they received Pitocin after giving birth over concerns about postpartum hemorrhaging. You know, th you know, 57% weren't hemorrhaging. Well, because active, active management of labor came into being some number of years ago around the time I was in midwifery school. And that was a combination of giving Pitocin at the time of birth and clamping and cutting the cord and cord traction to deliver the placenta. And this whole three-step process was meant to decrease the uh, number of cases of postpartum blood loss greater than a thousand milliliters. It doesn't actually. It's now been shown that it doesn't actually decrease blood loss greater than a thousand milliliters. And so now it's sort of this mixed bag of you know, leaving the cord intact, not doing cord traction, maybe doing cord traction, sometimes getting Pitocin, sometimes not. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's nice in theory, considering that postpartum hemorrhage is still a leading cause of death 
worldwide for maternal mortality. So it's a nice concept and Pitocin is great to have. And I tell you, as a home birth midwife, having Pitocin on hand is very comforting. Um, but that doesn't mean that all women need it. And that certainly doesn't mean that all women get it without consent or without proper information. So let's, let's share a little bit about what women said about their postpartum pit experience. Okay, so we asked, tell us your postpartum Pitocin story. And here's what came in. I needed it to stop my bleeding. I had an unmedicated home birth. Yeah, so there's a difference between postpartum, there's a difference between postpartum hemorrhage and just bleeding a lot postpartum, right? And if you're giving birth at home and you're far away from a hospital, if you have any concerns about bleeding, you don't want to get to the point of where you're having a true postpartum hemorrhage. So she's not necessarily in that three or 6% because she didn't necessarily have a postpartum hemorrhage, but her midwife determined that her bleeding was beyond her comfort level for being at home. So she got the, the Pitocin to prevent further bleeding. Okay. Reasonable. Reasonable. Next one. Okay. Pretty sure she stuck me in the leg with this to stop bleeding, but nothing was wrong. Okay, so there's a different scenario. If you weren't actually bleeding, but they gave it to you prophylactically, you know, she didn't sound like she knew this was coming. She didn't sound like she was informed. And that was Pitocin, what they were sticking in your leg postpartum. That's For how sure. it's administered. Yes. Yeah. It's administered Typically. in the thigh, mm-hmm. IM. Um, if you already have an IV in place, if you're in the hospital and you have an IV, then it'll be given IV. And IM is intramuscular. Yep. Forgive the midwife for her acronym. She doesn't realize <laughs> she does it. I'm sure I don't either okay. sometimes. Um, so this woman says, I was at a birth center and the midwife said I needed it because I was bleeding a lot. Okay. After my first home birth, I was given a shot of pit after one hour and no placenta. So she, this woman was given it to help birth the, the placenta. Is it effective for that? Well, it's effective at making the uterus contract. Contract. So yeah. that would that would help. So if presumably, pre- presumably, yes. Now we know sometimes placentas can take a while, but if you're at, again, if you're at home and you are concerned about bleeding or delayed placental delivery, and the uterus is, you know, not it's so when the uterus is boggy, you get concerned about bleeding. So if, if the uterus is not doing its job and not contracting, maybe because she had a really long labor and she was just completely exhausted and her body could have needed a little extra dose, this seems like a reasonable time to offer Pitocin. Okay. I consented and placenta was delivered within minutes, better than a hospital transfer. Again, home birth, being proactive, it, this is up to the midwife and the, and the mom to make this determination. Okay. Um, but she was happy with it. I did not get it after birth. I'm open to the idea of needing and getting it in a situation, but not routinely. We agree. Agree. Makes sense. Yeah. All three hospital births, the third day declined, but they gave it anyway after all natural birth. So okay. that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. I declined. They gave it anyway. So they know that they had not received your consent. They know they were breaking the law. They didn't have your consent. Not okay. Yep. Not okay. That's why we're having this conversation because that's got to stop. I will be induced at 37 weeks. Certified nurse midwife said 90% of inductions end in two rounds of pit before and after birth. Well, typically, yes. If you're already getting induced with Pitocin, they're going to continue to give it to you postpartum. Okay, and this is where the term cascade of interventions comes from. Yes, it does. Because Pitocin, for the elective induction of labor or the medical induction of labor, 
does increase the likelihood of postpartum hemorrhage. Now so we'll give you more say, Pitocin to, pre- to, pre- to... Right. We gave you the drug that will drive up the likelihood of this. So let's just give you a little more to drive down the likelihood of this. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh Talk about uterus yeah. overload. <laughs> I do not think I needed it, but they gave it to me because it's routine at the hospital. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Routine. Yep. Ding, ding, we ding. don't like that word. Was given it IV postpartum because was given it during birth to speed up contractions. Typical. Okay. That was for non-FDA approved purposes, speeding up contractions. Why is everyone in such a damn hurry? Right? I mean, if it, there are situations that you might really want to expedite the birth, those are rare, but they do exist. Because they're on the clock. We know that. Once you, get, once you walk through those hospital doors, you're yeah. on the clock. You got to meet a certain, you know, interval of progress. Yep. So as, as that laboring woman, you want to say, what's the medical indication here? The duration of my labor is not a medical indication. So what medical indication um, is informing you of this recommendation? But doctor, I thought Pitocin hasn't been FDA approved for that purpose. Well, we use it all the time. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be? Who? <laughs> so what? They'd be like, who told you that? <laughs> they don't care if it's FDA approved. It doesn't matter to them. Right? But it works. Yeah, you're right. They probably wouldn't care. All right, go on. What's the next? I didn't even know I got it until I got a copy of my birth records. Oof. Now yeah, that's definitely yep. not okay. Nope. You feel a little duped mm-hmm. or something. Just Nothing goes good. in your body without you knowing about it. That's yep. just... Amazing she didn't feel it though, right? Isn't it kind of? Or do you think she... Is that possible? She's just distracted or... Well, it, sometimes they're giving it right at the moment of birth. <laughs> you may not notice it. Really? Um, or, Im- or immediately, I mean, typically immediately after, but you could be just in that place of, you know, elation with your baby, that post-birth high, you're not aware of anything. Somebody could probably... Yeah, talk about overkill that they do those things. I had a birth video once that I um, didn't like very much to show people. It was this beautiful, gentle birth and the baby's head came out and with the baby's head out and the entire rest of the baby still inside of the mother... The doctor took a towel and wiped all over the baby's face and then suctioned the baby. Do you know how routine that is? I was appalled. Was? I mean, finally, bulb suctioning has been eliminated, but that was absolutely standard. Routine, standard care. I was appalled. I mean, it's like, you you know the baby is just saying, can I please finish being born for a sec? I mean, her mother went through all that effort to have that kind of birth. I I was taught to do that as a midwife in midwifery school. Bulb suction the baby on the perineum, wipe the face. Anyway, this is why it, it, it takes a while to change. And the reason that women are still having this done is because of the active management of third stage. It's still, you know, the evidence now says otherwise, but it, it takes years and years and years for practice to change. Okay, next one says, it contributed to my postpartum depression. It was wildly unnecessary and unconsented and was administered by my home birth medwife. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> okay. Only as I had a hemorrhage after my natural water birth. Okay. I had a postpartum hemorrhage after my cesarean. I believe that they have Pitocin to help that. Yes. It's not a shot at our facility. It gets mixed with saline and given IV. We give a lot of pit. <laughs> we give a lot of pit, the nurse says. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, most people, it sounds like most people are getting an IV, which is why they're not getting it intramuscularly. If they didn't have an IV, they'd be getting it in their in their thigh. But this sounds like 99% of people are getting an IV. Um, I told them no, and it was still given to me. All right. That's why we're having this conversation, guys. Yeah. 
I wasn't aware if I needed it or not, but nobody said anything about my bleeding. They just gave it. There we go again. Not informing, not consenting. Home birth and midwife thought I lost too much blood, gave pit without consent. I can understand them wanting to give it if you're at home and you're losing too much blood, but it should still not be given without your consent. I mean, that just, they need to explain to you that I want, I want to give you this medication to manage your bleeding. I'm concerned about your bleeding. May I give you this injection? I wasn't bleeding much. Didn't even know they gave it to me until a nurse was briefing the new nurse. Oh, so she heard that she got a medication when she briefed the next nurse. Oh, nice. She's just being talked about mm-hmm. right in front of her. They're just talking about her. That doesn't feel good that's either. That's terrible. Yeah, that's not. I was not given Pitocin or anything else. Literally pushed baby out and went home from the birth center. Wahoo. I attended a friend's first birth and she was being pressured into Pitocin right as she was ready to push. She declined and her midwife said she had to give a legit medical reason why she was declining. She looked at her mom for guidance and her midwife said, no, don't look at your mother. I am asking you what your reason is. It was very traumatic. Has the world turned upside down? The mother has to provide a medical reason why she's saying no to a drug. This is not how this works. The provider has to provide a medical reason for why they want to give the drug. The client does not provide a medical reason for anything. The client just says yes or no. Yes, please. No, thank you. That's it. That was really not, that was really manipulative of that nurse. Mm. And then no, you will not look at your mother. What did she say? I was traumatized. I am asking you your reason. No, she doesn't own her reason. It was very traumatic. Well, there you go. Big surprise. How is she supposed to come up with a reason other than I don't want it? How is she supposed to come up with a medical reason? Right? I mean, give me a break. Come on. That was not, that was really unethical. No is no. No is no. That's it. No is a complete sentence. It's not our job to provide a medical reason for anything. We say yes or no when they provide the medical reason, the risks, benefits. That was the grand finale, a good one to end on. So those were some of your, some of your responses. <laughs> now that I'm all worked up. Well, so takeaways. Yeah. Where are we going with all this? Here's where we're going with it. I mean, these responses were really helpful because they allowed us to demonstrate like the whole spectrum of how Pitocin is being used appropriately inappropriately, with consent, against consent, intramuscularly, IV, hospital, home birth, right? I mean, it can come up anywhere for any reason. I think the thing that stands out is whether there was consent. You can feel confident in your decision and your statement that there is no evidence that the active management of labor, including Pitocin injection, reduces the risk of blood loss greater than 1,000 milliliters when focusing only on women considered to be at low risk of postpartum hemorrhage. If you're at high risk of postpartum hemorrhage or you are actively bleeding excessively, that's a different story. It's so funny, Trisha. You just perfectly handed everyone that medical reason for declining that that nurse challenged the one woman to provide. That's right. Thank you, Trisha. Now you got your line. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be nice of you to do that. Write it down. That was perfect, perfect. <laughs> if you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share a favorite episode or two. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Down to Birth Show or contact us and review show notes at downtobirthshow.com. Please remember this information is made available to you for educational and informational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. For our full disclaimer, visit downtobirthshow.com slash disclaimer. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, hear everyone.
and listen to yourself. This is the point in the episode where I just stare back at you. I go on a a talking strike. (laughs) What is going on in your head right now? Nothing. Total peace. I was just in the the zone listening to you. I was like, like, is she? Why does everyone have to get so surprised when I stop talking? (laughs) I thought we were having a conversation. What's what's wrong with Cynthia? Ah, I've I've decided decided my part is over. (laughs) I'm a Sarah Trisha. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, that brought me.